New York City. The Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production present Live from America Podcast. We will make America great again. How about new? You crazy Dutch bastard. Live from America Podcast. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Just so you understand. We can't be the stupid country anymore. Live from America Podcast. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are, or where you come from, or what you look like, or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white, or Hispanic, or Asian, or Native American, or young, or old, or rich, or poor, able, disabled, gay, or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. It's just words, folks. It's just words. This is Live from America Podcast with Noam Dorman and Haddon Gab. Uh, good evening and welcome to Live from America Podcast from the Comedy Cellar, the best comedy club in the country in New York City. I'm here with uh, comedian Boris Day hacking. I was going to say Boris Dayow from The Sons. You, you paused yourself as I you did. figured it out. I did. I was looking at trades all day today. Uh, and comedian Dan Nanaman by popular demand. Yes. Everybody uh, wants them. Slightly uh, under the weather. I have a bit of a cold, but I, That's right. Best. And businessman uh, Saeed Orba, who uh, used to be an ex-detective for NYPD. Hey, how are you? How you doing? Nice to meet you. And comedian and court officer as well, Justin Perez. Welcome hey, to the how's show. it going? How nice are to you? meet you. And yeah. of course, Noam Dolman. Court officer, that's a bailiff. Yeah, bailiff. Same difference. Okay. What's a bailiff? The court officer. Oh. <laughs> Thanks well, for explaining. What's a court officer? Yeah, exactly. What a crazy day today. I probably have feedback, but I can't find it. So what, what's the topic of the day? Well, we're going to talk about the police brutality and all oh, that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we're going to start with some uh, stuff that happened today. I wasn't prepared. For, obviously, I didn't know that this is going to happen today. What happened today? What's Trump? All this stuff with the Trump. So let me. Oh, it's happened yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday and today. I mean, today he denied everything, pretty much. What did he deny? Well, he said that. He said he's not president. <laughs> 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 he 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 said that um, uh, he knew about the hush money after, in the Fox interview today. I he said uh, that he knew about uh, the hush money after, not before. But the tape says obviously clearly uh, that he did. But let me ask you something first. Uh, so Trump raises metaphor. Uh, for not breaking like Cohen. Now you guys think like that. Can I, is that a presidential? Boris, what wait, do you think of that? Or wait, more gangster? Wait, what? Which part? That he praises Manafort today for not breaking. Oh, that he praised him? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it sounds pretty on... It sounds like he said praised like, like lamb, right? Like he praised him. Yeah. Here, go ahead. Praise. He praised him. Yeah, well, yeah, it sounds like it's par for the course, right? Yeah, it's it's weird, right? You don't think that he's? Uh, I think he'll probably pardon him. I wouldn't. Do be you surprised. think is that? Do like you think? A, no, I mean, you think that's possible. Like, like, uh, sure. Reagan with the what's his name during Casper Weinberger. Really? No, North something with an Oliver N. Oliver North. Uh, no, not Oliver. <laughs> something North. And Ol- there's a guy who went down for for Contra and then Reagan. Oliver North. Him. Oliver that, North. Yeah. Is that the guy? Yeah, I don't know if Reagan pardoned Oliver North. Maybe, I, I thought he somebody did. pardoned Casper Weinberger. I think it was Bush pardoned Casper Weinberger and Oliver. What did he do? 
He was involved in Iran, Iran, Iran Contra. He like took the fall basically. Uh-huh. But so so I mean, listen. Uh, um, I thought it was unbecoming that he compared uh, Manafort to Al Capone. I mean, you know, Trump's out of his mind. But I do think when it comes to the the Michael Cohen thing and the paying of Stormy Daniels, I'm I'm Team Trump on that. Not like I mean, you pay a couple of people in your time, but I'm saying what? Well, what did he? I'm not sure what he even did. Like he has consensual sex with her. Uh huh. Then she's extorting him for money. He could pay her off directly, legally. He goes to Cohen and they and his lawyer is supposed to tell him how to do it or not to do it. This is what his lawyer signs off on, and he violates perhaps or or maybe not. It's a campaign expenditure. Apparently, the deals they started negotiating the deal in 2011 or something. So it's not like it was something new. And uh, it sounds personal to me, like he wants to keep it from his wife. And two maybe, weeks before the election, yeah. If, it's, if that's when it's going to come out, that's when she probably felt she had the most. Uh, bargaining power. power. I mean, I have no idea. The point is that he's, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm no, I, lunch. Think, I think I, at like, the very least, it's not a thing that's even remotely related to like some sort of collusion with Russia to affect the election, or even him being dishonest. Well, there's at least some. There's at least something dishonest. What's dishonest about it? Well, an affair for starters. Just, uh, just the. Are you be. really, Mr. Libertarian, going to come here and moralize about affairs <laughs> being dishonest? I'm not, I'm not saying on any kind of like national playing field. I'm just saying there's there's something. Yes, there's not is, nothing it, it dishonest. It is dishonest in terms of having an affair. I meant dishonest in terms of uh, conducting himself legally. You know, in the, in the world, it's just, I don't know. Somebody, I mean, my, but I mean, my, he my paid from the this? campaign money. No, he didn't pay. He paid, he from paid his own, him back from his own money. Yeah. yeah, that's the violation that we're talking about. I mean, at that point, it's no. just a game of right. chess of what you can like squeeze somebody in a perjury no, situation pay. or something. The, he paid thirty thousand dollars. No, back. he was supposed to pay. They say he's supposed to pay it out of campaign money, but uh, um, uh, Cohn paid it himself. I think I'm right, and they're saying that that's that was a constructive campaign donation, mm-hmm. and therefore Cohn exceeded the. $2,700 maximum donation when he uh, paid Trump with money he knew Trump was going to reimburse him with, even though Trump is allowed to donate an unlimited amount of money to his own campaign. And if you really look at this, it's really tough to get upset about this. And even though technically it's not even the campaign, it's a woman that he slept with. Consensually. Consensually. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but what's funny about people is that they, they will take this as what I'm saying as being a pro-Trump point of view. But I'm reacting to it the way I would have, like in a law school hypothetical, like a fact pattern. We had a podcast earlier, and I said basically what I just said now. And the dude turns and says, yeah, but, you know, thanks to that, they put children in cages. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I guess, like, I don't even know how to respond to that because, because what does that have to do with the fact pattern and the law and the whole thing? I'm not – like for him, I was almost like saying – I'm happy they put children in cages because I don't think Trump had a big violation of the law, but I don't think he did. So go ahead. Ah, okay. Anybody else? You have law enforcement people here. Uh, let's talk to somebody who uh, voted for Trump. Uh, Detective Said. Well, <laughs> did you vote for Trump? I didn't vote for Trump. I voted for Hillary. Yeah. What's your take on that? So, talking to Mike. Talking to Mike. My biggest concern with Trump, like I said, is actually the immigration. The yeah. way he's splitting up the kids from their parents. Yeah. That's that's the biggest problem I have with but Trump. But they stopped that. Well, they stopped, but there's still... No, the kids wanted to leave. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> there's still a ton of kids out there that haven't been re- reunited with their family. So that, that's why, why is that? I haven't followed that. What's the, what's holding, what's the holdup? 
the kids are in one place and they can't reach the family that was sent back and you got kids all over you got kids in washington kids in new york and there was no dna so they didn't couldn't find out where who's who it's almost, it's almost impossible they're trying to track down the parents now so that's what the whole of trying to reunite the kids this with guy's their parents. got a powerful staten island accent would that be or brooklyn brooklyn okay. bay ridge it seems like it wouldn't be that hard. It seems like they'd have a website, put pictures of the kids up, that parents, I mean, are you a parent? Yes. I mean, you, you know what you'd be doing to try to find your children. You'd think you would find your way to the website to re, like, to, what, right. is the, what is the problem? I'm just waiting for, like, a Mexican dude to reenact Taken and just take his kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have a special set of skills. <laughs> Destroy can, a million ice workers. Yeah, that's can, great. Can, can you say the set what? of skills and be racist? Go ahead. Oh, I can do the voice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what, what was your question to him? About, about, did he, about, so that's your biggest question, immigration. Right. Yeah. But what would you do about immigration? You you first generation, second generation? First generation. You first generation. Okay. But first generation means your parents, your parents, your parents are, from are immigrants. Okay. Yes. Now, what if you're an immigrant? Then what do you say? Zero. Zero generation? You're an immigrant. You say Zero I'm an immigrant. Generation. First generation. You don't count like yeah. me. I'm first generation as well. As you am say, I. You can't be president. You're from Canada, Dan. But anyway, go ahead. It's a, I don't think you can possibly really stop it. Trump, he's doing a decent job at it. But the way he's going about it, I think, is a little harsh. But... I don't think you can stop people from coming to this country. Should we try? I believe you should try to limit, or you know, definitely try to limit the people coming to this country. So when he said, when he says like immigrants are, uh, you know, criminals and all that, like in your line of job, like what's the percentage you would say are immigrants that commit these crimes or crimes in, in your in your line of which is was uh, drugs enforcement, right? Right. Um, for the most part, most of them weren't. You know, we had some that actually came from the Dominican Republic. We would arrest them, and they would, they would, they would be like, my family's dead. They would, we would get them with so much drugs that they just couldn't pay the people back. Yeah. And like, listen, my family's in the Dominican Republic, and basically he's like, just do whatever you want with me. Yeah, I have a, you know, I, one of my big resentments of Trump is not that he wants to control the border. I, I think that's right. It's that he pretends that the immigrants are criminal types or criminals and it's pretty clear that they're not mm -hmm. and even when an illegal immigrant kills somebody has happened you know recently and it was all in the news the rational point would be like okay out of a thousand people a certain number of people are going to commit crimes is it more dangerous to have a thousand illegal immigrants than a thousand legal immigrants a thousand americans whatever it is i suspect the illegal immigrants are not any more dangerous than the ones who come in legally it seems to me not to be the point. And, and it, it's, it brings up a lot of hatred and bigotry. And it's not helpful. And doesn't, I, I don't know, it bothers me. If you, if you want to say something? Well, no, I was just going to say that, that it's kind of like the only way you can really make it work where you, you implement legislation that secures the border is actually not speaking like a piece of shit about immigrants. Like you, could, you probably have a lot better luck trying to like get something past the house and like do something if you were better at communicating the fact that this is like a necessary for the structure of the country and not because these are groups of people that everyone should fear. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And, and I don't, and I think that it's not good that whole parts of Florida speak Spanish. I, I don't think it's good to have a, too much of a concentration of any one immigrant, whether it's Cubans, Mexicans or Hasidic Jews, whatever it is. It's not, 
it's not good for the melting pot culture. And it's clearly true that if you can manage to have enough people around you, it will stop you from integrating the same way as like, you know, when my father came over and he had to become like all the kids he was going to school with. He didn't go to school with a hundred other kids who came from Israel. If he had gone to school with a hundred other little kids who went, came from Israel, I believe he would have had a very different experience. They would have done a coup. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he, he would have, he would have, he would have not become so American. He would have, it would have taken much longer for him to integrate in that way. So I, I agree with so many of these kind of right-wing things about immigration, but I don't understand why they have to, to, to disparage them. They don't have, why do they have to be bigots about it? It's, it's, not a, it's perfectly, perfectly acceptable to want to have one country with a social fabric. Well, I think that uh, it's an easier explanation to say they're killing people than to say that they're changing the culture. Yeah, the president should be a leader. He doesn't have to buy into that. Where, where are your people from? Which, what was your name again? Said. That's your first name? Yes. So I'm guessing a Middle Eastern derivation. I'm Palestinian and Puerto Rican. Palestinian Puerto Rican. <laughs> that was the we'll, we'll, save, we'll save those jokes <laughs> for the show. Kind of like my kids. They're <laughs> occupied Palestinian and Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> that was the surprise. The funny part, the funny part, uh, can I say, uh, talk about the uh, uh, United Nations security? So when, uh, when the head of the states come to New York yeah. and they hire him to... Uh, to guard the head of the state, he never took any delegation but the Palestinians. They only give him Palestinians to protect. He never give him anything else. That took the, it's funny, <laughs> his, him and everyone that he was with, they enjoyed McDonald's and Coca-Cola and cigarettes. That's all they had for the three, four days they were here. Everybody the loves whole, America. The whole time. Negotiating. They're not halal? China. <laughs> Actually, they're not. I didn't mean that as an insulting. I would just assume, like, if they were from Israel, I'd assume them to be. They go to halal card. That's what you said. No, just to have <laughs> by the UN. Uh, excuse me. Do you know what a halal card is? <laughs> that's all they serve. No, the, the, no. The whole place is a halal card. There, they don't yeah, even find yeah. a card. I have, by the way, seen certain studies that point to to illegal immigrants. I mean, it depends what study you. I don't know that it's an open and shut case that they don't commit more crime. I have seen. Studies, and I think it depends who's, which study you look at. It's, it's that possible. It does indicate uh, that, but I, I don't know that that's an open and shut case or not. It's also very easy to manipulate that because, like, uh, coming here across the border is a crime. So if you include that, then, like, well, if you no, include no, that, then, no, no. yes. But Justin, not, what no, about I'm in court? Do you see, well, like, a lot of uh, uh, immigrants? I, it's, it's majority, like, Central America, but I would say the majority of people are American. Uh. But that's also like that. Majority of people in general are American. Right. <laughs> so in the courts, it's the same thing. See? The whole system. So but it, let's, there's also let's like talk a, about racism. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's also sort of, this kind of relates to it because it's also like, you know, people might be like, yeah, but we want the crimes done by our own. <laughs> you know, for real. It's like people might almost, they're like, we got enough of our own crimes. Why are we bringing in more? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, it's not a sophisticated point of view, but it's like, we got enough people committing murders here. Let's control our situation and not let more people well, in what, that might what, add what to it. What people also say is that even if illegal immigrants don't commit a ton of crimes, one crime is too many in that they shouldn't be here in the first place. So that's an argument that I've heard made. Now, uh, you know, you, so... It's like but guests but, but versus home. what they can do... Versus what they're bringing here. I mean, obviously, they're here. They, they immigrants bring things to America, and and they take and they 
they utilize resources, just, and every now and again they commit a crime. So I just think you have to this, put the. Well, I, I, I guess I'm sorry. I guess there was something to what you're saying because, a, if you're only supposed to have X number of people and another thousand people come in illegally, that's X number of additional crimes you're going to have. And B, if there were a process, you imagine there would be some vetting, and the vetting wouldn't be perfect, but mm -hmm. perhaps some people would get caught in that net who wouldn't be able to come in and commit crimes. So I guess it's not. In, in that sense, it's not irrational. What what bothers me is just, you know, kind of creating the, the impression in people that illegal immigrants are like criminal types when we're talking about very percentage, very, yeah. very small percentages either way. Yeah, for me, I think that uh, this country is built on immigration. So there's no generation have the right to... Yeah, but we're built now. We don't need to continue that way. It's like... uh, not, not, well, I'm here, so I'm with you. Well, there's but... also a distinction. <laughs> there's still a distinction but, between legal versus illegal. No, no, I understand. But I think I think the U.S. is all about beating the system. The rich people beat the tax system. It's okay. If you have a way of beating the system here legally, you should be, uh, you know... Uh, the and, poor people have a way of beating the tax system too. You know, I, I've, by I've being seen it. poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't say the poor people. Poor people don't pay taxes, but middle class people have a way of beating the tax system too. If I if I if I told you how many employees I've dealt with, who uh, you know didn't want didn't want to take a job on the books because they were collecting unemployment or they're collecting disabilities, so they can't do this. It's like, come on, everybody's scamming. Yeah, of course, but that, that's that's a point. If you beat the system legally, it's fine. But immigration, I don't think somebody said, "Oh, enough! They commit uh, crimes. They do this." They do this. Every ethnicity—Italian, Irish, uh, Spanish—when they first moved in here, Jews, except Jews, Jews, you know, committed were committed crime. Every ethnicity, yeah, but not at the same rate. But more, they but, were killing. Uh, when, it was uh, always no, not, not back in the eighteens. For instance, I just, I just heard there was wars. No, I just heard. By total coincidence, last week on a podcast by a pretty bright guy saying that apparently in early New York, Irish committed murders at 10 times the rate of Germans. Yeah, there we go. So Irish are guilty. And I don't like the, uh, the fact that they say that guy is bright compared to who? Compared I was to talking. Undocumented. <laughs> well, smarter, you would know the answer. <laughs> I heard that said by... Um, uh, no, I think you was, heard it that. It was you, Coleman Hughes. It was Coleman Hughes. He wasn't yeah. on our, but he, you heard that from the Sam Harris. Oh, podcast. yeah. Yeah, I said I heard it on a podcast. Oh, he said it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about. Uh, I don't know if they're comparing Irish to German immigrants or Irish immigrants to was, Germans in general. No, or, he's compa he was comparing the, the immigrant groups at the time. So, so Dan Cohen says he's ready to tell it all. And he said that he has some information if Trump is uh, knew about the emails hacking before. You got you to ask somebody else. I'm, I'm really lost on this whole thing. We have, I, I thought thought about, can we talk about law enforcement? I thought we were going to talk about racism. Then we're going to talk about racism. I, I, law enforcement. He, so, so, so uh, Lanny Davis, I think that's his name. Uh, I don't even know who that is. That's a, a Cohen's lawyer said yeah. that um, that Cohen has some information which would indicate that Trump knew about the hacking before. Now, you know, they should stop playing uh, uh, footsie with this. I think what he's saying is that Roger Stone might have gotten wind from WikiLeaks prior, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that information bubbled up to Trump. You know, I don't see what's that's that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for Trump being involved in the crime of orchestrating or in some way. You know, the fact that because obviously through Randy Credico, you know, remember Randy Credico. He was involved. He's got he got called into the Mueller investigation. Yeah. One of our comedians here, former comedians, uh, because he was the go-between between Assange and Roger Stone. 
and they're all lying and you know they're all lying so but the question is does, is Trump involved I don't think I don't think so and if he has if he has the 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 proof what's he waiting for until he, he gets convicted till he has, now he's going maybe to jail maybe make a deal the thing that's make hard a deal beforehand. to comment on it also is like I don't I don't know even half of like the context like what usually goes on do you know what I mean? Like, not that it uh, alleviates any of it, but like, what's normal? Like, how much do during like campaigns and things like that? How much of this shit happens where there's countries hacking? I'm sure the U.S. hacks other countries and we interferes do not. with elections. <laughs> and but but just like, what is normal about it? And if they started investigating everybody, what would they find? Yeah. Great point. Uh, All right, I so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's move to. I think they would find that we every every country that, that in, international relations and espionage are amoral. That every single country does exactly what it feels it needs to and can get away with. Right. Period. Police brutality. Police brutality. Yeah. Police brutality. So racism and racism um, and shooting. Are cops picking on black people? <laughs> Give it to us straight. <laughs> Is that that's a question? That's the question, right? Picking yes. on black people. Well, if you work in a certain area, be Flatbush, you know, just certain areas in general, the majority of them are black. You're not going to expect me to stop somebody white in that area. There's not, you know, many people in that area. Do I consider cops racist? No. Is there a certain level of profiling? I would have to say yes. What's the percentage from, from, from what you experience around you? Be honest. If you drive, if you're driving and you see three minorities in a vehicle, and you're driving, you see three white people in a vehicle. Probably nine or ten times out of ten, the vehicle with the three minorities is going to get stopped. Well, but do you need a reason to stop them? Or, uh, he just said they're minorities. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I mean, you can follow anybody for a block or two, and they'll do something—a traffic right. infraction. You can follow them. Somebody's not going to signal. You know, unsafe lane change, and you can just stop the vehicle. Is is there? I don't know if I can ask you this. Is there orders to do so? It's under your discretion whether you stop somebody or not. Oh, okay. If you see a crime being committed or a violation, you stop. You don't need to inform there, anyone. There's well, quotas, right? Not not for black people. No, no, not for black people. Yeah. But if you if you got a quota to fulfill and. During your time as a cop, you've, you're like, oh, I'm more likely to fulfill this quota by stopping this group of kids. Well, quotas do exist. That That's definitely. Um, well, it could be you need an arrest and then or you need summonses. And then, you know, you're going to push the envelope a little bit further. So, you know, you can get your arrest or summonses to meet that quota. What about it? Sometimes I hear like if a, if a, like a, uh, there's a car with, 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 say, three black guys and one white girl in it. And I hear stories that the cop that the. The, the cop will stop. Comes to her so rescue. Are you okay? Are you okay? You know these guys. I mean, you, you know, what if you saw that situation where you saw, say, a group of people that didn't look like they belonged together, like me and Robert Kelly, you know, uh, for example, um, just an odd pair. Right. I would take into consideration what area you're in. If I saw you in Washington Heights on West 145th Street, I'd probably watch you. Me, you're saying? With another individual. Yeah. All right. So, 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 so what? It's, it's so painful, you know, what, what is the answer here? Because, um, yeah, I, you, if, if violent crime in New York is like 98% non-white, which is what I've read, 
Um, as a cop, I would imagine you feel kind of dumb just pulling over white people because, you know, you have to and just wasting your time and, you know, and trying to catch that the unlikely event of some. On the other hand, if you're an innocent, wholesome black dude, like 99% of them are, this is intolerable. It's just fucking intolerable to be pulled over. And if you're a violent but, white guy, you can really take advantage and of if you're this. Violent. <laughs> but, and then... And then the, the, and the third layer is, on the other hand, it's your own people who are the most likely victims of these crimes that the cops are pulling the innocent guy over in order to prevent the guilty guy or trying to catch the guilty guy. So what do what would you do? What would you change? How would you rewrite the, the procedures? There's nothing they're going to be able to do to change. They what did, would you do if you, if you could... But, they gave us stats, and most of the crime in Washington Heights was coming from young minorities from, say, 16 to 25. You know, and then they would say, all right, we're going to focus on individuals, this uh, age group, you know, in this area. You know, they'll be like, stay away from the older people, you know, in their 40s or 50s. You know, most of the crime is coming from these individuals, and those were the individuals that were targeted. So you will follow stats that's given to you? Yes, they'll tell us, all right, there's okay. an age group from this age to this age, and it's being committed by these minorities. So let's focus on uh, this block, this area, and concentrate on you know, grabbing individuals that fit that target range. Do you feel that that could affect your personality when you go somewhere else? Like, not you personally, but other cops that you've been around, and that becomes their portfolio of the criminals, and they just do this even if it's a white area? If it's in a white area, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't grabbing anyone. Okay. All right. So I, I want to ask you about shooting. You know, what's the protocol of shooting? Because we we hear like forty shots, fifty shots. Like what what's what's the protocol of using your gun and the, shooting? The protocol is you shoot to stop the threat. There is no certain number. If one shot stops the threat, the threat is over. Mm -hmm. One shot is that's it. If you need more, if it takes ten shots to stop the threat, eliminate the threat. Then, by all by means, eliminate the threat, you, you mean, mean kill on the, the ground. On the ground. Doesn't have to be dead, but on the ground. Does not have to be dead. Just stopping the threat. But you're not shooting to like injure somebody. If your gun is you out, can't, you're <laughs> shooting. You can't shoot to injure somebody. We're not shooting to kill. You're not trying to like shoot someone in the foot so that they go ouch and drop their gun. No, we, we're not shooting, <laughs> shooting to kill. To we're shooting to stop the threat. So whatever amount of times we have to fire a firearm until the threat. So have you, have you ever had you to stop shooting when the guy's on the ground? Yes. Or he drops his gun and puts his hand. He drops up. his weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Shooting. That's it. The, the threat is eliminated. Have you have you had to shoot your gun? Twenty two years. Never fired my firearm. I remember an incident. Wait, were, were, there, were there ever times when that was a judgment call where someone else in your shoes might have pulled their gun and shot, and you just were slower, you know, more in control of yourself? Um, most part, I had. I always had cover, so I had time. The main thing is you need cover. Because you need that split second to observe, to see what's going on. If you're face-to-face, -face, you don't have that cover, you don't have that time. Did, did any of your, you, you have friends who have had to pull their guns and shoot? Uh, I had one friend who uh, shot somebody. Did he kill them? No. Did he, I, did he I talk to you about what it was like to be scared? or what the uh, He was buying drugs in an undercover operation, and they pulled a firearm on him. And he pulled out his firearm and shot the individual. Is, is there any training which can really prepare you for the real life situation where you're scared for your life. 
and you're shooting, you know, so, so that you don't die. That kind of real fight or flight. You train twice a year at the range. That's, that's your training. But you're never scared at the range. No, you're shooting. I, I, think, I think you are a little different, like, personality-wise, because I remember an incident where Avenue C, when you had to, uh, when you had a guy, and you, f you, rather, you, you fist fight him instead of pulling a gun. And I remember he broke your arm to arrest him. I remember it was a very big guy. And so you chose, I think if somebody else in your, it was a pretty big guy, you know, and you chose not to pull your gun and, uh, and use it. And remember, you, you restrain him with one with one hand broken after that. I remember. So I think that's that, that counts to your to your personality. But do you feel that cops would have done the same thing? Other cops should they be expected to also like if you got a family at home? To, if yeah. I was if if you got like wife and kids at home, if I was your kid, I'd be like, Dad, take out your gun and don't risk your life in not coming home. You know, right? But, but you you take out your gun to do what? The guy's unarmed. At that point he comes at you. You can't shoot him. It's an unjustified shooting. You put your gun away. You, so you it's unjustified even if he doesn't have a gun, but he can kill you. That's like Tennessee versus Garner. They're like, it, 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 if someone's committed a felony, but they don't have a weapon on them and they're fleeing, you can't shoot. That's Not like fleeing, but if, they, but if they're attacking, but well, if they're attacking, they're attacking you, you need equal him. power with equal power. You can't pull out a gun if the guy has a, right. but what if you know, can a razor kill you blade in his hand? hands, like Chuck yes, or something? Yes, yes he of course can. he can. If, 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 if he had you on the ground, let's say, and was about to smash your head into the pavement, right. you could pull out your gun if and shoot he, him. Example, if he was choking me and I felt like I was going out of the picture, I then can pull out my weapon and shoot him. Yeah, sure. You but you got to wait until it feels like you're going to get you, choked out. Just because he's coming towards me <laughs> I think that's does the not justify. No one said there's an easy gig, you know. <laughs> but I think <laughs> that's the difference but, between you know, a cop and a it. cop. I think somebody else would have pulled the gun from the beginning, you know. Like maybe like you see the cops putting, you know, their hands at the gun before they even approach you. you What's know? the beginning? How did, how did you even know that there was about to be a fight? Well, we were going to arrest him uh, for narcotic sales. So he knows when we're coming. Right. He sees us. He stands up. He says he's not going back to jail. So now I know we're going to fight. Quite frankly, I don't blame him. So, would, would, would you agree with the following statement? That when a cop takes out his gun and shoots, that is the, leak, the least likely time that you're going to find sadism or police brutality and, and let me tell you what i'm thinking but is that i feel like cops have if, if a cop wants is want, wants to, to rough somebody up is a racist wants to hurt somebody wants is, is, a, is a sadist he has every opportunity you arrest somebody for something you put him in the back of the police car he was resisting arrest he comes out beaten to a pulp whatever it is but when you shoot somebody and if, if he dies, it's going to be an investigation. It's an investigation. Your whole career stops. Your your gun is taken. You don't know where you might go to. You don't know where that's going to end. So that's the last thing. There is no cop who wakes up in the morning and says, "Today is the day I'm going to shoot somebody." No cop is going to tell you, "I want to shoot somebody." You but there's definitely some example. Like I'm thinking of that guy uh, that was like on his knees. They, they, he had like a, a BB gun, or, or he had the right to own a firearm. Do you know what I'm talking about? He was like drunk in a hotel room. And the, he like ended up reaching for his pants, and the cop shot him. Do you remember this? It wasn't that long ago. I don't have the luxury of finding out if that's a BB gun. Right, right. Of course. You know, you pull it out. 
there is no that split second i can't distinguish that's a bb gun or if that's a real gun right no in this case i think they'd already taken the gun they'd already taken the girlfriend and he was drunk and they were telling him to crawl towards them basically and they were like don't reach back and he was drunk like barely able and the cop was literally this is the one that on his gun he had like an uh notches no no but there was some <laughs> sort of inscription i forget what it was but it was something that was like oh that this isn't a thing you want on a cop's gun basically but the guy ended up like he's like Moral yelling at him. He's like, don't make a move. Don't reach for anything. And he's clearly like drunk, barely able to follow directions. And his pants start sagging and he reaches back to lift his pants up and the cop kills him. The point, in, point in case, if the cop had cover behind something, he could have had that additional time to right. evaluate and be like, all right, he's just reaching for his pants. He's just face to face. Now he's, you have to make that decision. Some yeah, cops. To be clear, what I'm saying, I, I, what I'm saying is that I, I'm not saying the cops get it right all the time. I'm saying that when they've made that split second decision to shoot, they are almost, almost always coming from a sincere place where they think it's necessary, as opposed to other kinds of rank police brutality, which I've seen. Where the cop is just, you know, like Abner Luimo, probably or, or the most I've famous. Seen, case I've seen a McDougal Street where a cop just bashed a taxi driver. You know, cops are human like everybody else, so, but but they know they they know they're going to get away with that, but they're not going to get they're not going to get away with. And also, they're not looking to murder innocent people unless, like, there was one dude within the South who shot this dude in the back. Remember, shot, yeah, shot, that, that was that, that guy was a murderer. I, I think there's some people who just respond to emergency situations panicked. I, I mean. In court, there's a lot of fight. There's fights. There's people after a verdict who just freak out, and there's people I work with who are great people, but in emergency situations, they don't know how to respond. They they bring a situation. They don't de-escalate. They don't de-escalate the situation. Sometimes. Well, that's why I asked before so when about you involve the training. a firearm. It, some people there's no way to figure that out. You, you could do simulation training at the academy. You could do this, and then ten eventually, years later, I well, ten, we, eventually, I bet we go like full VR and like. Really? No, seriously, like eventually they'll probably be able to simulate a situation. But you'll where never, you never, yeah, but it's not really the same right. thing. Oh, yeah. oh it, man, it, it's going to be a soap Have you done VR? I've done, uh, I'm I sure did that you've done a plank thing. What's a VR? Virtual, Virtual reality. reality. Virtual reality. They have oh, simulation no stuff. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I was in the academy 12 years ago. The court officer has a very shorter academy than the police department. It's only like uh, four months. But uh, so they have like a simulation training where they Jesus use like soap. Christ. Okay. Uh, they <laughs> four months. Well, we're not outside. We're not outside. It, their academy is six months. Ours is four months. Yeah. We never step foot outside, really. I, CrossFit training takes longer than that. Well, <laughs> six months doesn't sound. Six months well, doesn't then sound. Rookies, long then either. they're like apprentices. They're like you know they don't just put them out on the. So no, are you saying saying that the cops are not racist? Is that what what, what you were saying? He's saying they no. might be racist, but shootings are typically in gnomes. I mind. think shootings, but are every shooting will not be based on racism it's always based on danger i'm never gonna say every anything yeah. i'm saying that that ov overwhelmingly i my first reaction is to to assume that the cop may have been mistaken he might have been he might have been a panicky guy whatever it is but the cop was not didn't wake up and said I'm going to so, so murder me somebody today. So what about Absolutely. the shooting yeah, I when think you shoot true. somebody 40 times and 50 times, a bunch of, of cops? Well, that's 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 a whole other matter. Like once you shot him, he's dead. Obviously, I don't know this, you'll tell me, but obviously there is something about the moment. I believe they get... Once one guy fires, usually if there's three or four more cops... You can't tell where the bullets... You don't know where the bullets come from, then all of a sudden everyone starts firing. You just hear... 
you just that's hear what, that's fire going off and you don't shots. actually know where it's coming from. So you, you see people reloading because they, they still hear fire. They still hear shots going off. And, so then and, in and that scenario, how do you hold somebody? Exactly. How should you hold somebody is there a accountable? For that they scenario? shouldn't. That's that's the that's the big thing. Is like, I think these cops should not. Should they continue to be cops? Not, they shouldn't continue to be cops if if it's determined that they they shouldn't be on the street if if they are so high strung or whatever it is that they can't do the job well. They shouldn't be fired, I don't think. There's a term for it. I think that they can't be sued in a civil case unless they violate someone's like basic constitutional rights. Otherwise, it's the police department that's held accountable. You guys would know better than I would, but I think that that's the case. A lot of these kids are just scared. That's what with, I think. With the shootings. They are kids. I remember that they, now, too. I'll get pulled over and somebody's like, Not, not than all me of now. them. Uh, the, the guy in the Bronx uh, that was reaching for his pager or something and right. got shot. Uh, you know, no, he the, was African. The cops. Was so, so in in that's the, what I'm saying. In the Amadou Diallo, was it Amadou, Amadou Diallo? Diallo the where they shot forty times. Yeah, the cops yes. were not kids. So this is how unfair they are to the cops. So it came out in that trial, unless I'm remembering <laughs> it wrong, that the cop who shot him or shot first, I don't remember exactly when he went to the body and saw that he was holding a wallet. Was he holding a wallet, not he a pulled gun? Pulled out a wallet. He pulled out. He burst into tears. This was this was what came out in the trial. Yet, I mean, now what does that reaction tell you? He bursts into tears. Is that is that the way a murderer wow. reacts when he finds out the guy had a wallet and not a gun? Maybe he cries. Yet they everything. didn't give an. They, people, wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> people wouldn't give him an inch. It was. was so. It was so important to them this narrative that the cop is a murderer because that it, even it was right in front of their eyes. He's they couldn't racist bear it. and a crybaby. <laughs> because because it's not only about that. It's about making a wrong decision in a job that. You should be qualified to do the right Nobody's, decisions. But how do you that, assess that? That's an impossible split, thing to assess. Don't, don't carry a gun. Don't accept to carry a gun unless you know. But this isn't something you know until you're in the situation. And well, sometimes so, the situation doesn't arise in your job for years. Well, I think so how, the big so part how would you of it know now that? is that when race plays into it, we're at a point where people look at uh, like not just intent but, but bias. So like that's a big thing right now is like bias training in the workplace and these types of things. So I think part of the conversation is people saying like whether the cop is like racist in the classical sense or not, the argument seems to me that if you have a disparity statistically between these things, people start assuming that whether the cops are, you know, explicitly racist or not, there's some kind of bias that's happening. They're hearing stats that it's mostly this or that. And so like even even black cops, I've heard the argument that they're still more likely due to racial bias because they still see purposes being black or whatever else it is that that, that affects it. I, c- I can live with being wrong, but everyone who goes to work, their main objectives is to come home that night. So I'll live with being wrong. We have a saying, it's better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. So I'll live with being wrong. Oh, do like do you hear um, or carried by 12 because then you were fat and wrong. But, but to, 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 to go back to, to, to Boris's point, um, the, 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 uh, I'm not sure about that bias and that. I'm not saying I agree with it, by yeah, the way. I'm yeah. just saying that's part of the conversation now because they have like corporate anti-bias training. And, but there is something to the, there, there's something unrealistic to ever think that when the statistics are so overwhelmingly showing a particular pattern that correlates with profile, a particular Asian race, that you're ever going to get people who want to come home to their families to pretend like that's not true. 
Mm-hmm. It's just well, it's well, not, that, that was actually yeah. my, so 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 we're, we're, we're spitting into the wind on that. I don't know what the solution is, but they got to stop pretending that that's possible. Yeah. That's, you're not going to yeah. get cops that, to start reacting to me on the street the way they're going to react to my friend Jason, even though Jason's as harmless as I am. He looks like the guys who might kill him. Right. Jason is he one look- of the bouncers here at the Comedy Cellar. Just no, to, I, I didn't mean that. Oh, you mean Jason I meant the bouncer? Jason, my, my musician friend. Because well, well, one time we were together and, and the cop just went after him thinking, but he, we had called the cops together. And the cop thought it was Jason, you know. He's like, right. "Oh, you caught him. Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, officer, what was your first name again? Said. Your first name is Said. Said. What's your last name? Said. Said. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Said. Said. No. no. He's just going by that. He asked the one question. <laughs> he'd trying be a, to avoid. He'd be a comic if it was Said. Said. What well, stage? Said. Said. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I saw an Egyptian guy in a band with me. His name was Shukri Shukri. Yeah, no, they're probably <laughs> Sirhan Sirhan. Actually, he was Palestinian. He was Palestinian. Sirhan, Sirhan. Sirhan. Sugar Sugar. His name? Samir, you know Samir Shukri? You know the Palestinian violin player, Samir Shukri? No. Anyway, but anyway. His brother, now, Shukri, you, Shukri. You are far more in the in the world of... Are you still a cop, did you say, or you're retired? No, I retired. Okay, so. but you were in the world of cops. I assume your friends were cops. I assume you hung around with a lot of cops. You worked with cops all day. Now, I could tell you, if you asked me this question, I could tell you how much racism I hear among comedians, and I could give you a pretty good estimation of what their thoughts were. Of course, we're not having that discussion. But but what is your assessment in terms of all the cops you hang out hung out with, whether you felt there was racism in the police force? People use did they use the N word? Did you did you did you feel that they had uh, any any ill will toward certain minorities in, in your dealings with them on and off duty? On and off duty, I would say no. Nothing about racism. They, I didn't hear cops use the N-word. But how's that possible? I've heard comedians use the N-word. Well, in New York, it's, first of all, a very diverse yeah. police force at this point. And, right? and maybe you know, he's asking not necessarily your close friends, but people who's around Just, you, you know. Mark Furman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're no, saying you, never feel, you, feel, you don't feel that there was... Mark <laughs> Furman kind of got a bum rap, by the way. Go ahead. No, he really did. Was he a Nazi? No. Maybe because you're, 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 you're... He was a Nazi. No, he was not. I thought they went in, they found all this they Nazi had, Yeah, they, they found from Mamabilia. I, I don't know about that, but he was not a Nazi. He, <laughs> well, he, he might have collected memorabilia. We all do, but it's not the problem. I got to look that up. <laughs> he, uh, Mark Furman is also the arresting officer during a domestic uh, dispute with OJ and Nicole a few years earlier before the murders. And then so when the actual murder happened, he scaled the wall and it was the first person to find something, which is, I guess, what he did. But I can understand how, and they, he didn't take how the, the lawyers back. To yeah, yeah, the he, station. yeah, he didn't vouch for it correctly. He like kept it in his car or something for so a while. Let, let me ask so you guys: You're saying no, you never heard a cop use the N word in all your years uh, copping? I have a lot of black cop friends, and you know they'll use yeah, it. They in, use, in the but, term, white, term, but a white cop, uh, the loophole. I didn't hear cops. <laughs> We're all small group, like but eight not, guys. In, my not in the front of the other black. What about Kike? Did any of them say Kike? No, not not Kike either. All right, so let me ask you something. Uh, Maybe because you're of color, so they, they, they might have been less inclined to use that. Oh, this is Mark, Mark Furman collect Mark Furman collected World War II memorabilia. Yeah. And in, German only. German no, only. not German only. <laughs> and in that, he owned a Nazi medal. They were all Nazi. 
I've seen the documentary. Well, well, you know, I mean, many, many Jews own own collectibles. I do. So he had claimed claimed he had never used the N-word, and it turned out he had used the N-word, but he'd used it, as I remember in in that recording he made where he was was kind of like helping a woman develop develop fiction about whatever it was. But the fact is, he also was volunteering his time on like Sunday mornings to help with like all black basketball, youth basketball leagues. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but he named the team the (laughs) (laughs) N-words. So like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) That was just to intimidate the uh, the opposing team. (laughs) No, he, he, you know. It's also possible that people can be racist one day and helping black children the next day. But then the threshold for a cop should be, let's just find the ones that are... Not racist during those days and just helping the black kids, ideally. True. So let me ask well, you something, guys. How about the uh, accepted racism, like some people say, like based on stats or something like that? Can you profile, like, for example, in the airport, we all know who does all the uh, terrorist attacks, you know, based on the stat, you know? So in the airport, when we see an Arabic guy, everyone want him to be such, including me. You know, I want to make sure that they ever everybody's okay. But that's acceptable. But well, it's it's acceptable to some people. It's definitely not acceptable to, uh, depending on who you talk to. What about you? If you're in a plane and you see somebody with your beard, well, just my beard specifically? No, Any my other look. Features? Yeah, uh, your beard, his color. I I think there's got to be a bet. I think first of all, as far as airport security, it's theater. Like it's it's definitely for display. It's all like afterwards and reactionary. I don't. I don't know how much they've actually stopped, as opposed to like done stuff after a guy. I, had I'm bombs sure in they've. Shoes. They've actually got people who've tried to bring firearms on. Yeah, they, I'm There's sure that, that, that happens all the time. People work in customs. I think. I think they do. But but the thing is, like, it's accepted racism. It's accepted because based on the stats. So how practical, is that not practical ba- racism? Yeah, like we well, know. But again, who's... I don't know how accepted it is. But and to answer your the question that you posed to Boris, I, I I'm no longer scared by Arabs on planes. Thank you. Um, because I don't think y'all have the balls to pull that off again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be funny if the next bomb will be in our balls. Like we put it, we we have a device in the balls. It'll be a trans in the person. <laughs> in no, the, I th- I think. Listen, there's also security not only in this airport. Like there's uh, when there's American, you know, flights from uh, say Yemen or whatever. There is security there. American security makes sure everything is okay. You know, and it's in certain countries. So it's acceptable racism again. But when the cops does it, it's not racism. Well, there's also when you bring it back to cops, this is it's sort of a right wing talking point, but it is still like a reality you have to grapple with is when you're trying to like affect such a complicated thing and how it's done. And you have a, a city where the majority of both the criminals and the victims happen to be minorities. If you start scrutinizing and not in the right way, adjusting how police do stuff, the risk is less policing and higher crime rates, and sure. the, the whole reason the cops are there in the first place and it ends up being exacerbated. Said, have you ever been racist against? Every time Wait, I fly, I do get stopped. Did you say, have you ever been racist? Ra- every time. Really? Every, every time I fly, whatever. Do you tell them that you're half Puerto Rican, though? Well, they take my ID, <laughs> and they don't even want to hear the rest. Oh, as soon man. as I get through the metal detector, they pull me inside, and then they go through me again. How do you feel about it? Uh, every time. It was once I didn't have a problem, but... Now, this is every time I do have a problem with it. Have you thought about getting TSA pre-check? That we're working on that. We actually... <laughs> uh, that's a good she idea. Has, she has discussed it with me. I never get stopped before. That's weird. Well, because that's interesting. My wife gets stopped every time. To me... She I, made a scene. <laughs> he told me. Yeah, yeah. To me, Hatem looks more 
Arabic than 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 Saeed. I do. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If, if I want to read about Mark Furman, it's the New York Times, March second, nineteen ninety six, by Fox Butterfield. There's a long article about Mark Furman, uh, talking about what a mixed mixed character. Well, is. you know, uh, he, he he was a man. Uh, a complex man, you know, that probably did have racist moments. But, but then he also I mean, broke that it... story with the, with the Kennedy uh, thing. What was that murder? He he wrote a book. He, he he busted some old murder case from Connecticut after like 20 years, and he, he found the murderer. Mark Furman did that. Yeah, he came off interesting also in the 30 for 30 documentary. Which, what was that? Uh, it's the ESPN OJ documentary. Oh, it's I like never six, saw it. It's, it's incredible. I made in America. It's, it's like yeah. five it's hours. It's, it's pretty My good. friend Harry Enton's friend did that, yeah. There was a. Did anybody see the video where they're 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 patting down a ninety three year old woman in a wheelchair, and it kind of went viral. I mean, was oh, she at the, hot air, at the airport? <laughs> she was ninety three, oh. so not hot. So yeah. Oh. And they were patting her down, and she's Arabic. She was a white woman. Yeah. And I don't know why they were doing that, but they, it took it took them like I mean it was like several minutes long of a pat down. I think the wheelchair makes sense a little bit, you know. You could hide stuff you can in a hide wheelchair. Stuff in it, yeah. You could well, hide the, stuff in a 93-year-old See, this is the thing woman. about profiling, is that you see a white 93-year-old woman in a wheelchair being patted down. You say, what the hell are you doing? What does that What is that, that what the hell you're but doing come from? Side. comes from your profiling. Right. But the truth is, it probably makes even more sense to pat down the 93-year-old woman in a wheelchair getting an airplane. Because you never that expect it. Me, it. That it makes sense to pat down me anywhere. Like it was like she's even more likely to have a band bomb plant yeah, planted sure. on her than like a fifty-five-year-old Jewish dude you're walking to work. Like that's, that's just nothing, reality, right? She, she got nothing and to lose. Let the record know that the poli- <laughs> policeman is shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's the that's just that's just life, true. you know. That's that's so so that's what I'm saying. Accepted racism. It happens. It's not Anybody? racism. Well, it happens everywhere. Also, like I don't know for for my experience, the kind of like uh, liberal young white people that will be the loudest in like just a a conversational sense not people who are like donating their time or and, and just like that are the same ones that would like be scared shitless walking through a black neighborhood at night you know what i mean yeah. like you might want what's for the best but when you're like gut instinct is like i'm not safe right now like what what are you what are you going to do go against your own instincts or are you going to walk around like pretending that reality isn't what it is sure yeah yeah. Does anybody have a bad experience with cops? Yes, I was pulled over. I do too. But just recently, apparently, you're not allowed to make a left turn on 79th in York anymore. That's and, unacceptable. And um, with a hooker and drugs <laughs> in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess there was a sign. I didn't see it, and and I was pulled over in pouring rain. And and the rain got all over me when I rolled the window Aww. down. Oh. <laughs> wow, Dan! I thought they let me. Suffering. How do you think, how do you think the cop felt having to stand? But what was the bad part? Was the bad it, it just seems like. <laughs> well, I, I got wet. Number one. Number two. The cop claimed. <laughs> the cop claimed that he warned me. I didn't hear any warning. I I was listening to the radio. He said I warned, and it was an Asian cop, by the way. Oh, um, okay. did, well, oh <laughs> say no, say no more. You, you can end the story there. You're saying he was an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I was. I was. I'm saying ah, it's an Asian cop. He'll be not. You know, he won't have any resentment toward me. He this will be a quick warning. Yeah. So this will be mad. a warning, and yeah. we'll, we'll move on with that. That's a bad experience. Are you seeing I, someone about this? I had a much worse. I feel like that was just an experience. I just feel like that sounds so bad. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Right, but, well, but I had a you know, Maybe I wasn't clear about this. It was pouring rain when I rolled down. <laughs> I rolled down the window, and I was getting. Drenched. Uh, yes. I got pulled over with a buddy of mine in Staten Island, and I Apparently have to, nobody's sympathetic. 
Well, oh, is is this the friend that I know? Yeah, oh, and so so uh, to to be fair, <laughs> we were both very stoned. Yes, and he might have been uh, basically. We got stoned. We went to a diner. He drank earlier. He wasn't really drunk, but anyway, the cops didn't know any of this. But they pulled us over. Uh, came at both sides immediately, and they basically just pulled us both out of the. We had like no time to question anything. They pulled us both out of the car. They're like yelling at both of us whether we have drugs on us. We luckily didn't have any drugs on us. But he's like, "Where are you guys coming from?" We're like the diner. He's like, "Why is there a McDonald's bag on the ground?" Because uh, he was at McDonald's earlier, and then we went to the <laughs> diner. He like thought we were lying to him because he, he's like Did playing the... Sherlock Holmes with the McDonald's bag. They ended up searching the trunk. Like I. My understanding was that they need probable cause for that, but basically, then they're like yelling at it to search to search the trunk, depending on what he saw. But if no, he he would need probable cause. Can I tell you the the most common probable cause that I see for for stops that like when they go to court? Uh, I smelled marijuana. Yeah, I mean, well, we, he saw a hippie eating McDonald's. He yeah. knew something wasn't right. <laughs> so what happened? Yeah. But if well, you say you smell like marijuana at court, if you say I smell mar- I smelled the strong presence of marijuana at court. Guess what? You can't prove it in court. Right, you can't. So it's a perfect cover. Maybe you gave him consent. Well, so here's what it was: is like we didn't give him consent at any point. But honestly, we were a we were like kind of stoned and like on the slower side. My buddy was mouthing off a little bit, to be honest. But basically, (laughs) basically, they were so aggressive from the start of it until they were like, "All right, you're good to go. Get out of here." Like it felt like one of those things where like, "Wow, it's such a relief to just be left alone." that I bet they can do this. And again, I have no idea how common it is, but it felt at the time where it's like, oh, I bet they can just do this all the time. And then if they're wrong, the person's just so relieved to be left the fuck alone and, and not yeah. be getting yelled at by these two cops that they'll just like go home and be like, thank God that's that was over. No, huh? I, I had I had a couple experiences with cops, but the worst one was um, walking right by Manetta Garage. There was this guy, you probably know him, I can't remember his name, but like an older cop, kind of like Carol O'Connor and Archie Bunker. <laughs> And uh, um, the sixth precinct, sixth precinct, yeah. And he, uh, I'm walking, and it was like this homeless guy walking the other way, like one of the real crazy homeless guys. The next thing I knew, I'm up against Manetta Garage, and he's rough with him, boom. And he starts going through my pockets or whatever, like the cop or the homeless guy, the cop. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sir, I said, I'm the owner of the, he says, shut up, like that. And I, and he, like, like that, like, and I, he was like a rock, you know, and he. He said that the homeless guy, who by this time was all the way at the subway station, claimed that I pulled a gun on him. And I'm like, that guy's nuts. Like, like, <laughs> and oh yeah, well he pulled a gun on me. Go get him. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was so bizarre that I. But and then I actually called the precinct the next day because I knew somebody there, and apparently he didn't follow procedure, and he got, you know, he got reprimanded in some. It was nuts. It was just nuts. But you know, I still love the cops. I just it was, I had one bad experience. What are you gonna do? And the homeless, love love both of them. <laughs> and hate the homeless. Do no, you I think don't. that New York City cops are, are a better breed? But, wait, a higher... but what I said, but but I did, but I I was conscious at the time that if I had been black, there would have been no fucking way you could have. You would have owned the the building. No, there'd be be no way that that you would be able to convince me that it wasn't that it wasn't a racial racial incident. It was so over the top. Well, that's self fulfilling too now, right? Because you now it's in the ether, and it's like as I don't envy being black either, and wondering that, and not knowing whether what's happening to you is racism or not. Now today, I had a white what I thought might have been a white privilege incident with a cop. I was driving down one. Yeah, I was driving down. uh, (laughs) I guess it was. 
Finally. <laughs> Does Madison Avenue run uptown or downtown? Madison, Madison goes, goes uptown. up. Uptown. All day, baby. Uptown. So I guess I was on. Lex is down. Lex will park. Maybe park goes south. Whatever. I was, I was one, of, one of the downtown, going down avenues. Park goes and, both ways. And I had to, I think it was fifth. And um, Down, baby. And, you know, there all these, there's all these, I never drive in Midtown. There's all these new traffic patterns, I guess. And in the left lane, there were all these, these cars stopped. I don't know. And, and, but apparently that was a, one of these new turn lanes. And I didn't know, I just, I was mean, just driving. There was no sign for a turning lane. Where I guess it was so long that you couldn't even see the turning lane. So I get to 54th Street when I make a left turn. And I'm, as I'm making a left turn, I realize, oh, this is a turning lane. But I went ahead and made the, the turn anyway, and a cop pulled me over. And I explained to him what happened. He says, okay, go ahead. And, and, I, and I had the same thought. Like, if I had been black, would he have just let me go? And I think he would have. I think he would have because I said to him, listen, I, I, I thought those cars were just parked. There was, there was no sign for any turn lane. And I found myself here. And then when I realized, I just made, he's like, okay, okay, just go. It's all how you speak. If you're courteous, nine times out of 10, they're going to cut you loose. Whether you're black or white, it's, but the it's way also you speak. how they speak. Right. Well, I'm always going to speak to you with respect when I talk to you. Whether I lock you up, whether I give you a ticket, I'm always going to be respectful. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to speak down to you, I'm not going to belittle you. And, and, we, speak and, to would, you like say, yeah, and yeah. would you say most of your peers are that way? Most of them are, but you're going to get somebody who's going to come up to car and, well, what are you, stupid? You didn't see the sign? Yeah. Then that's when you have an issue. Have most times when I went to cop. Yeah, it's like every job. There's some people who are, oh, <laughs> who are just assholes and some people who are normal, and the majority of people are pretty normal. It's the same thing in my job. So. But that's the other thing is that like the problem here is the stakes are so specific that can you just have an average representation of people the way you would in any job or the threshold here needs to be higher because it could be a life and death situation or just a violating somebody's rights situation. I've been pulled over recently with my fiance and when he came up to the car and I showed him my ID, he was like, are you fucking kidding me? Real nasty to both of us. And then he just walked back to his car and left. <laughs> okay, so news you can what use. Was he, for- what was he so pissed about? That he pulled me over and he found out I was retired. Was so he highway? And he wasn't going to give me a ticket. Now, no. but do you even now, now? I heard a story about this guy. Do you know uh, Mark DeMeo? He's a cop that does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, retired. Yeah. He's well, retired. I, I, had a, I had a story that like he got pulled over and and he didn't even sh- show his ID. He just exuded such confidence with the cop that the cop knew instinctively that he was a cop. Like the cop of them was like, I don't know how he spoke to him a certain way. That they, he That's did, plausible. It is new. But There's I, certain I, terminology. But also, like, the confidence you must have when you get it's pulled true. over. Yeah. It's true. I actually, <laughs> oh, I actually had Bobby, <laughs> and he just run the red lights. <laughs> like, oh I actually God. had something like that. I have a cop coming to me, and he was, and I was like, just respond to the comment. And I had a card from somebody like very important, mm-hmm. you know. And I show him the card, and he was like, oh, okay. And he changed his, you know, I don't want to say it to you. So. Uh, no, I got no, two no. questions <laughs> for for people. Uh, so. The first one is related to what we were just speaking about. If you get pulled over by a cop, what is what would you advise a person to do? What is the best way to to defuse the situation and have the cop maybe say, "Okay, get out of here." Boops. Just just be courteous. You know, like I said, no one wants to fight you. No one wants. Just be courteous. Speak to him. You know, obviously. If, the cops are gentlemen to you. Just be a gentleman right back to him. Like I said, he'll more, more times off than not, that, he's going to cut you loose. You got to watch that video with Chris Rock about how not to get your ass kicked by the cop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's a funny. You ever see that? No, no I'll, yeah. I'll watch it. Oh, it's uh, tremendous. I, like, like, you know, he says, like, don't have a, a an angry girlfriend that you're fighting with in the car with you because the cop comes over and she's like, she, he got weed.
weed. He got weed. <laughs> <laughs> so I find that the best way to get out of it is have a PBA card. But if you don't, if you don't have a PBA card, it, it depends on the person you get to. The person yeah. you get what? may just say, "Why?" They, they let me go with a PBA card in, in Ardsley based on a New York uh, PBA card. I've had it usually both. works. I've gotten it taken but, away too. Yeah. But no, I, I found that this work that that this is happened that I saw two times. I had this happen, and I and I saw that this is when it changed. I just acknowledged, I said, yeah, I understand, you're right, I did do, I, I did that. I didn't argue with him, I didn't deny whatever, like, just that I, I, yeah. I didn't, I was, I was, like, I was just honest. And the other thing is, like, when you show your PBA card, don't show it like a cop, you know, you're supposed to, like. You take it out with your license, yeah. yeah. No, but there, there was something, and this isn't just, this just doesn't apply to com- cops. It's like, as soon as I, as soon as I acknowledged that they were, that they were, that what they were saying was reasonable, like, their interpretation of my behavior was reasonable, it, it seemed to, they were like, all right, just go. Like, like they, that almost seemed to satisfy them. Okay, the next question. Do you, you agree with that? If Eric Garner would have complied, would he be alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. So the next question is if you get pulled over and you think you might be above the legal limit of alcohol, do you take the breathalyzer, not take the breathalyzer? What is the thing to do? You piss in your own mouth. <laughs> Oh, that's a great you're, question. You're not going to take the breathalyzer. Do not take the breathalyzer. Your so license, you wait your license will be suspended. You go to the hospital. They'll get a warrant to draw blood by that time. Maybe the limit three or four hours went have down. Three, four after three or four hours, maybe it went down. And they'll try know. to sometimes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes they'll try to give you one like on the road. And then they'll bring you to an actual pl- place to bring, do the actual bring machine. Bring it to a highway to do it again. Yeah. So and the second machine, you probably won't get there for another for an hour at least. I recommend not blowing. Your license will get suspended. For how long? Uh, at least six months. Now, but if you blow, it's and you blow over the limit, you're, done, speaking you're of, done. Speaking you, of what blowing. Happens, what happens if you blow over the limit? Well, now they have it. They have they all have the proof you, they yeah. need. What's the, what will the penalty be? Well, now you, you definitely won't beat the Criminal. case. You'll, you'll, you'll never have a chance to beat the case. So I, by the way, you t- I have, I, I hope it's good. I have a Amazon, I bought on Amazon a breathalyzer that I keep in the car. And it, ke- it also, it, and, I, and I blow into it to make sure I'm not over the legal limit. And it keeps a computer record of what I blew. Do you think that would help me? Definitely help you when as soon as you get in the car, you know. It'll help you not drive drunk. Help me, let's, say, let's say it turned out to be inaccurate. Oh, and I say, listen, I, okay, but I hear I actually I did it. It's not. I mean, like for the like when they come into court, they have this whole procedure. They have to describe how they cleaned out the machine before they did a test run of it with a certain solution I before. See. And so it's not going to be as scientifically accurate as the machine that they have that they test out before they test on a person. But it'll be better than are these whole machines it. accurate? I have no idea. I'm an idiot. I I, I, I sit behind a guy and for six hours one. a day. <laughs> I think it's more fun if you use it to see who's more drunk. Yeah, my dad had one and he basically just used it at parties. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about pulling over a beautiful girl? <laughs> now, uh, as a civilian. <laughs> now, now, what role does that play? Be honest. In terms of your likelihood, <laughs> how can he be um, honest? His fiance is right here. Well, how did you meet your fiance? <laughs> well, that's how, that's how he met her. He's going fifty-four and a fifty-five. What? What? Uh, she what, hated cops. What? What role will that play um, in in terms of your probability of getting a ticket? And follow-up question: What can a woman do? Is crying the best way out of it? <laughs> Good question. As long as you're courteous, I would cut you loose. 
I've wrote maybe in 22 years, maybe 10 summonses. For women? I've or in about, so wait, you didn't write any summons, you didn't shoot anybody, you just taking our taxpayer <laughs> money. I've made, I've made over, made over 1,200 no, he, arrests. He is, he so, is, yeah. That's I, amazing. I was an undercover. But you, you are DA undercover, that's my point. Right. Like, so you don't do tickets and stuff. I was buying arrests. drugs and no, guns, so I, I You worked. know, speaking of it, maybe an underlying problem with this whole thing is like uh, ending the drug war. It's not. Well, that's, not no, but he, he did some big stuff. It's not unrelated. It's not unrelated. It's a big I, chunk, a big topic. Let, let me ask you something before that. <laughs> I'm teasing. Be, I agree with be, you. Be, being being a cop and seeing the crime in in real, do you think the death penalty should be uh, back to certain crimes? Do you th like? Do you think that certain crimes like that you see murder or like hardcore drugs and stuff like that should be back for the death penalty? I think we should have the death penalty. For death. which crimes? Uh, for murder. That's such I don't a great think you question. Should, you should have death penalty for drugs. For drugs? No. No, absolutely not. Not, not, not the little ones, the big ones. No, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. for more what about witchcraft? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't execute people for drugs. That's, the, that's the big, crazy. The that's big, like the via, big ones. Well, they do that in Saudi Arabia. That's what I was right. about to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do that in a lot of things in Egypt, uh, in a lot of but countries. I, I think the death penalty is... Do you have uh, death penalty in Israel? I'm not sure. Well, Be Beside uh, the Palestinians. I don't think they do. You said, do you have the death penalty? No, I would remind you, as American as apple pie. Because <laughs> you I, said, do you have the death penalty in Israel? He's Israeli he, he said it on pie. purpose. He's an Israeli operative. <laughs> I, I think that the risk of... Uh, it can uh, executing an innocent man is just too great. But what about under the condition where, like, there is zero doubt? You have somebody that, like, either video evidence, multiple witnesses, some you, or confession. Well, my question is, do you think the death penalty actually prevents anything? Well, no, that's a whole other question. I'm not even arguing for it. I'm just saying, in the if we talk about it specifically in that instance, as far as that, it's like, well, what's the purpose of the justice system? Are we trying to punish people? Are we trying to take them away from society? Are we yeah. trying to rehabilitate them? If it's them? for punishment, it makes sense. But if it's preventative, I don't think it, I don't well, think people don't murder just to because play, there's a death penalty. Well, to play devil's advocate there, you have somebody who like got caught raping multiple children, murder, whatever it is for you that's like a threshold of the worst thing possible. There's no doubt about it. There's video, yeah, yeah, there's live, whatever. They leave the subway before is, you can get out. And this is a person who seems biologically damaged to where there's no chance of rehabilitation. Do you take this person out of their fucking misery and out of harm from society? Or do you pay whatever the price is per year for them to sit in a prison for the rest of their life? And and they might even be suffering in the prison still. Like, what's what's even the humane thing to do in this situation? Well, in that, in an ideal scenario, do we? So what about oh, forget about drugs? What about other things? No, Definitely you, not drugs. Anything? It's crazy to suggest it for drugs. <laughs> Noam, do you think anything that would be? Uh, Noam doesn't like the death penalty. No, anyway. the basic the basic morality in the you know all the major religions is that uh, life is sacred. You, for that that. Uh, an eye for an eye, kind of. Only murder would warrant taking in someone else's life. You wouldn't take somebody's life for something less than murder. Okay, but so for murder, for murder, you would for agree. Murder, yes. No, I, I, I have no, I, I'm not. I don't mind punishment for. I don't mind penalties for the sake of punishment, and I don't mind murdering somebody. I don't mind killing, executing somebody who committed a murder, but I think that. In real life, it's going to end up with innocent people being murdered. You know, like this Barry Sheck, Innocent Project, all these people on death row freed through DNA. 
it does not we're seem we're on death row and stuff. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't seem to me to be worth the mm. chance. You know what I heard, I heard uh speaking of that I heard recently uh I read recently that the uh, guillotine uh is in fact not quite as necessarily as um humane as you might think there's evidence to suggest that there is consciousness after decapitation why wouldn't there be were well, people arguing the guillotine, the guillotine was humane well yes that's why they invented the guillotine oh. they invented the guillotine because it was the it most was humane, humane way to do it at that time before lethal injection it, you know and 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 uh, apparently you know you now there's movement of the face yeah. and people have suggested that this is just spasmodic you know, involuntary, but there's oh, also evidence to suggest that no, you actually, when you've been decapitated for a, maybe even 10, 15 seconds, you're like, you're the body conscious. will run around. Well, because the blood is, a, I, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, if there's still blood in the brain and it takes a certain amount of yeah. time for the blood to drain away from the brain and, and, you, and you can't talk. But you make facial expressions that people have characterized what the as, fuck? as as <laughs> as, so, as, as expressions that are put it back on, put it back on, <laughs> consistent with consciousness. And imagine that horror. So so let imagine me dropping into that basket and and you kind of perceive it. <laughs> You're tripping balls. So so against against the death penalty here in the United States or in general. It's a trick question. I'm the guest. I'm, I, it's a trick question. I am against no guillotine. The death penalty uh, here in the United States. Is what I'm saying. Here, <laughs> <laughs> Boris. Uh, I think I'll probably. Well, trick no, I, I'll probably lean against it. I think only from the perspective of like, it only works if you distance it psychologically. I think this is what like crime and punishment is about. Like Dostoevsky is like the idea that like even when it's justified, there's something sacred, and that if you if you don't distance yourself psychologically, which is what like the legal system does for you, but if you don't have that luxury, yeah. there's something that happens when you when you're able to do that so that yes like or no. changes you. I'll, I'm gonna lean towards no. No. Yeah. Okay. I think no because of what Noam said. I think it's just too big a chance of a uh, no an error. internationally. Well, if there's what a big chance of an like Saddam I don't Hussein, think I for example, agree, like uh, like Saddam Hussein, like other uh, war is war is not the death penalty. But, but uh, that, he was in a war. He was he was you know. Well, it's like not trying Bin Laden or something. You know. Well, I guess or terrorists. Or I yeah. guess there's cases where it's so obvious the guy did it. And there is no doubt at all uh, that you know that I might be more inclined to say okay. But I mean, in, in the general case, when, when when it's possible the person didn't do it. Yeah. And the possibility for error is too great. But I that would... possibility is that because like most of those people that got exonerated thanks to DNA were convicted when we didn't have DNA. And so now we have DNA not only as a matter of exonerating people in the first place, but also as a matter of convicting them thanks to DNA. Right. But it shows how sloppy a conviction can be. Sure. And not everybody convicted has DNA evidence. Overturn them. There are people overturned for not for DA's not giving discovery material to defense attorneys because yeah. they don't think it's relevant and it ends up being relevant because certain person wasn't investigated right so there's I, a lot of human error leading up to a lot look there's a lot of it's people not just dna a lot of people obviously we can be sure who are innocent but don't have the benefit of dna that can clear them right would andy dufresne have gone to jail today who's that from dufresne. shawshank redemption shawshank. Uh, andy dufresne from what the what shawshank, shawshank redemption oh, oh oh i don't i don't remember the conditions of his uh, arrest 
All right. I think we're out of time. We have to, we have to end. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so Follow much. Follow question. If you wanna... Follow question, yeah. Go ahead, Dan. Why ahead. did Andy Dufresne <laughs> flee to Mexico when he could have just said, well, I guess he wanted the money. Okay. You know, <laughs> like he could have said, look, I have all the evidence that I didn't do so, the crime. But, but, but he, he wanted to take difference. the warden's money. If he thinks that won't make a difference, maybe. If you want to donate for Danny's uh, therapist for his... Uh, Bad experience with cops in the rain. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was going to say, you know, given the rain, he wasn't. He was just going to let it slide because why would he want to come out of his car? Did it's you get like the that ticket? joke from no, Drew Carey? It's Drew Carey joke. Yeah, you know why? It's Drew Carey joke. But he try to make when it rains. He likes to run stop signs to make the cops get out of the car. Did you get a ticket? Yes, I got a ticket. Yeah, because if he got, if he's going to commit to coming out of the car, he's not going to just let you go. Yeah, exactly. He's gotta have yeah. some, he's gotta... Once he came out, it's over. And it's a wet ticket. And I and, and I even... by the way, I was as Sa- as Officer Saeed suggested, couldn't have been more polite. Couldn't have. Been... Some of them are just. Is there some huh. that's going to be the ticket regardless? Maybe he was mad at you about the rain. That's true. Boris, would you like to share information? If you, if you had known you were going to get a ticket, you could have talked to him in that funny Asian accent you usually do. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, there's that grounds for a beating? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Boris? All right. At the Boris K on Twitter. And then I have a fun late night type show the twenty August 29th at 7 at KGB Bar. KGB Bar. Okay. Is it, now, is, is it a coincidence that you, you have a show at KGB Bar and you, and you were born in Russia? Yes, it is. Is it a, a meeting or? Yeah, it's a it's a meeting. Please keep it hush hush if you're listening to this. <laughs> Dan, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Dan Natterman. Dan Natterman. If you'd like, Said. Oh, I got your stuff. Uh, Justin, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at, at Justin Perez, Instagram at the Fart Box, and I host a podcast called Shit My Girlfriend Makes Me Watch. <laughs> Did you say the fart box? The fart box. The fart box. Okay, and we have, uh, you know, for Said's uh, business also, uh, Spa Catalina. Uh, it's at uh, 767 Lexington Avenue. Uh, and uh, you can go to their website, spacatalinaonline.com. That's C-A-T-A-L-I-N-A. Can I see that? Online.com. And ask for Erica. And for us, go to livefromamericapodcast.com. Thank you. Advanced Skin Care Center. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you the results of what she did to me, and you'll, you'll know. Oh, good.